0: Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast, where business owners, speakers, and entrepreneurs have real conversations about making the journey to becoming the next generation of thought leaders and influencers. This is the place to take a stand in your industry, get messy with your message, slay your mindset demons and grow a profitable business that allows you to make a bigger impact while doing more good. Here's your host, the instigator of Three Word Rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Hey, Rebels. Today on the Rebel Rising podcast, I am talking to the nosiest woman on the internet. Seriously, Claire Pelletreau hosts one of my favorite podcasts, Ever, the Get Paid Podcast, where she asks questions that we're all dying to know. She wants to know, how do you get paid? Paid. And she'll ask that question whether you are brand new to business or if you're making tens of millions of dollars. And she just doesn't want to know how you make your money. She wants to know the numbers, the exact numbers, and how much were your expenses? How much did you pay out in affiliate commissions? And what does your income look like? And I wanted to know How the heck was Claire making money from this podcast? Because Claire gets paid by doing, wait for it, Facebook ads. And I was always fascinated by the way Claire was establishing her thought leadership by talking about how people got paid and not really talking about her expertise. So today, I turn the tables and I ask Claire how she developed the Get Paid podcast, how it works for her business And as always, I'll be talking to her about what she's rebelling against in the world and the big change she wants to create. So a little bit about Claire. She is a Facebook and Instagram ad consultant, teacher and conversion optimization expert. She spends her days writing about Facebook and Instagram ads, troubleshooting ad problems with her students, and managing campaign ads for seven and eight figure business owners. She specializes in Facebook and Instagram ads that sell online courses and programs, but she'll happily geek out with you on ways to test advertising for any type of business. Claire also loves talking about money, profit, loss, the whole shebang. She asks her guests how much they charge and how much they earn on her show, The Get Paid Podcast. And before we dive into this interview with Claire, a word from our sponsor. Mm. This episode of the Rebel Rising podcast is sponsored by the one-page brand message map. Do you want to grow your audience and your business, but you're struggling to show up consistently because you feel overwhelmed by all your ideas and you don't know what direction to take your business in? And worse, your message is strewn across a 100 different Google Docs, journals, and Post-it notes from all the different courses and programs you've taken over the years. The one page brand message map is here to change that. Let's take your scattered ideas and turn it into a concise, structured brand message that sells in about 30 minutes. What you'll do is download a Google slide or PowerPoint template. Complete the writing prompts, fill in the blank exercises, and brainstorming activities that will give you brand message clarity fast. You'll have the most important information about your ideal client that allows you to write content quickly at your fingertips. And the best part, there are bonus trainings about how to use the messaging map and a video training on how to create your own client journey so that you can take people from who the heck are you to shut up and take my money faster than ever before? So you can grab your copy with all the bonus trainings at brandmessagemap.com. And for a limited time, when you use the code REBEL at checkout, you'll only pay 49 bucks, which is half off the regular price. Just use the code REBEL at checkout. Go to brandmessagemap.com and put your scattered ideas into a structured brand message that sells on a single page. Hey, Claire, welcome to the Rebel Rising podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle.
1: I am excited and also a little nervous, if I can be honest.
0: Ooh, well, I am excited to have you here. You host one of my favorite podcasts that I love to listen to because I am so curious and so nosy. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and your business? Sure. So, they almost have
1: nothing to do with each other Um, yeah it's not it's not quite true so in my work I run Facebook and Instagram ads for people I teach people how to run Facebook and Instagram ads that's my day all day every day but the podcast is really all about it's called the get paid podcast And it's all about how people get paid. So not PayPal or SamCart or whatever. (laughs) I'm talking what are the offerings that people are getting paid for? What are their courses or their programs or their one-on-one services? How much do they charge for them? How do they market them? What
0: goes terribly wrong sometimes along the way? (laughs) And I love that because I feel like in this online business world that we live in, we never hear about what's really going on. Like how we make how people are actually making money in their business, right? No, I mean,
1: most people don't have prices on their sites. A lot of people who have um, launch models or things like that, like you don't actually know what they have for sale at any given time unless you catch them at a particular time on their site and they happen to be talking about it. Um, you have no idea how many people are enrolling in their courses or are hiring them. How many clients, someone like you, for example, could actually take a month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's all this sort of, it's this big cloud. Everything is shrouded in mystery. And I was just like, nah, let's get rid of that mystery. me uh, It was mostly for selfish reasons that I started the podcast. So I could figure out how to Take this like online business thing and actually make good money with it. Like what would it take?
0: Oh, that's fascinating. And did you realize how rebellious you were being when you created this podcast? You know, I realized that it was a totally new concept, that
1: it was pretty rebellious, that I was getting people saying no to me uh, when I said, hey, will you be on the show? Here's what I talk about. What I didn't realize was just how stupid it was. (laughs) Tell me more about that. Yeah. So to start a podcast and you don't talk about your own business at all is dumb because (laughs) podcasting takes a long time. That's not really um, a secret. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows like podcasting is sort of uh, a time consuming type of content to create all the time, right? Yes. So if it's going to be your particular content, you know, vehicle, a podcast, make it about whatever you're trying to then sell to people, right? Yes. That's, that's, that's general- the conventional
0: wisdom, right? Like yeah. I do the Rebel Rising podcast because A, I want to highlight bold viewpoints that other people have, other rebels who are doing interesting things in the world. And it helps me promote my messaging work. So it makes sense. And here you are doing something that wasn't really promoting your business? Not at all. I think when I originally launched it, it just happened to coincide with
1: some promo that I was doing on my online course, like how to run your own Facebook ads. And so for the first few episodes, there was talk of that. I made that sort of the commercial, right? It was Mm -hmm. about here's how you can get this. Here's how you can get the course for this price, et cetera. But then if you started listening five episodes later and didn't go back, you would have no idea because I literally never mentioned what I did. I don't know why. I thought it was rude or something or just like hard to stick that in the middle of the conversation. I, yeah. My ads were for my sponsors. I had Acuity Scheduling sponsoring for a long time, so I wasn't taking that time Mm. to talk about me. And it was real dumb because while it did, it grew like my brand, my personal brand, it did not grow my revenue. It did not grow my list.
0: Ah, So it was like we were talking right before we started recording that it did this great job of I feel it does a great job of establishing you as kind of this thought leader that people are looking to, as as like, oh, she knows what's really going on, but it really wasn't moving the needle in your business. No, not at first. Ah, So, how long did it take you to realize this?
1: Well, I did about a year of episodes. What happened was right, when, right after I launched it, June 2015, I found out I was pregnant. Mm. So I was like, okay, let's batch this shit, You know, get a <laughs> bunch of episodes ready so that I can take time off. Um, and I was just doing all of that. And then I took a fairly long maternity leave, six months, and I came back very part-time. And I was like, no, I'm not going to spend time on the podcast because I could like look at my Google Analytics. I saw that my... SEO or basically my traffic had dropped instead of Mm. risen and that's because I got a lot of traffic from SEO. I hadn't blogged in ages. Mm -hmm. Like show notes does not count as blogging. No. Just FYI. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially not when your keywords are Facebook ads and you're never mentioning them. (laughs) So um, I just didn't bring back the podcast when I came back from maternity leave. I decided at the beginning of 2018 that I was going to bring it back because Mm -hmm. it was the one area where I was most myself in my business. I actually had sort of a come to Jesus branding moment where somebody very near and dear to me said, you don't actually have a brand? Like, I don't know what your brand is. And I cried and it was this whole thing. Um, Yeah, whatever. It's the best thing that ever happened in my business that terrible, terrible night um, when somebody who I respected a lot said that to me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to bring it back. But it took me a year to bring it back because I was working on a, a whole lot of other things. One thing about content creation, and for me, it just happened to be with podcasting, is that when you're all focused on creating the content,
0: it's sort of this
1: excuse to not focus on selling.
0: Yes, 100%. I totally agree. So when I came back from maternity leave, I like
1: already had these things in place, a couple of online courses, services. I was like, I'm just going to focus on selling these things instead of churning out more content. But once I had all that in place, I was like, all right, we're going to bring back the show. And the difference this time is, well, two differences. One, I was going to ask even more of the types of questions that I wanted to come hell or high water. hmm I found in the last season that I, this was a season that I really batched before I had my baby, who is now like a three and a half year old, but um, it was like, these conversations were very boring for me. I got the guests to try to just have like bigger names, but I felt like I couldn't ask the nosiest questions because maybe they wouldn't like me or something, even though the show was about, I was just sort of a wuss on my own podcast and bored. So I said, okay, I'm going to have the conversations I want to have, even if that's about, you know, this single mom who is traveling around Southeast Asia, like how is she getting laid? (laughs) Those were the questions I asked. Um, And I decided to add uh, advertisements to the show that basically sent people into my
0: funnels for my own. And that worked really well. Oh, that's fascinating. Because yeah, I do remember you making that switch of, yeah, you had like Acuity as your sponsor. And then when the, I remember when the podcast came back, it was like, no, Claire's Business is the sponsor <laughs> of this podcast now. This episode is sponsored
1: by such and such a masterclass. Like, you know, it sounds really cheesy, but guess what? It worked because right when I, laun- when I relaunched the podcast, it mm-hmm. was as if I had all these listeners who had no idea what I did, but suddenly knew what I did. And they were like, oh, I can learn about this thing, Facebook ads that I want to learn about from this person who I like a lot, done. And so they were signing up in droves. They were buying my course in droves. Um, Uh. And then any time an episode has done really well, like there have been a couple episodes over the past year, it's been about a year since I brought it back, Mm -hmm. um, I see a surge in list growth and a surge in new customers.
0: Oh, so fascinating. No, that's really interesting. It's actually making me think of my own podcast and how I can be more intentional about promoting my own work on Mm -hmm. the podcast because I think, I mean, you've said a couple of things that I I, I want to reiterate because people need to hear that we do feel like, very, very awkward selling our own stuff at first on our podcasts and anywhere. And I think that reaction to hide during your first season and not say, hey, and this is how you can find out more about what I do is totally natural.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have to record some podcast episodes right now that are going to be extremely valuable. My motto is be ridiculously useful mm-hmm. and they will be, but it's all to a certain end, which is to promote my course. And that makes me feel like, oh, I would rather do anything else because talking to myself at my computer feels weird. I really love jumping on, on zoom or Skype or whatever with people like you, Michelle, with my guests. I don't have to, there's like no resistance to that is sort of what I'm saying. Um, and it makes content creation kind of easy, time consuming, but easy. So it's certainly very difficult to talk about yourself, to promote yourself, especially when we are, we have, we've been like indoctrinated with the, just like, be helpful, be useful.
0: Don't talk about
1: yourself except, Oh wait, you have to, in order to sell.
0: Yes, yes, it was so funny. I was listening to Rachel Rogers Million Dollar Badass podcast over the weekend and she's favorite show. Yeah. The did case. you hear did you hear her Office Hours one about being seen and it's all about selling and she oh, talks about Oh my goodness. I will hook this up in the show notes or the transcript of this episode, but she goes through all the different ways that you can be selling and how if you think you're selling too much, you probably aren't. <laughs> And mm. it blew my mind because I'm always telling my clients, yes, you know, tell your people about the solution that you have to offer. You're, you're not helping them by hiding it away. And I realized that I'm doing that too. And it's such a natural instinct to be like, oh, I want to be helpful. I want to have these great conversations. And I don't want to tell you what, I'm, what I do.
1: Mm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I will definitely be listening to that before the day is over.
0: Yeah. So, but it now sounds like that the Facebook ads, like the podcast now supports your Facebook ads business. It does for sure. Do I think it is my best source of leads?
1: The quality of the leads that come in are mm-hmm. very high. The number is still low. Okay. So, we are experimenting with other channels of marketing, uh, organic marketing, paid marketing as well. Uh, Right now, I'm working on YouTube in particular because the correlation of, you know, people who watch you, who sit and watch you, it's even supposed to be even higher than people who listen to you. Uh And since those videos are about Facebook ads, right? Like people are Googling and then that video will pop up in the result, it's... It's kind of like SEO on on crack. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm seeing, at least. Initially, with very, just a couple weeks in to this mm-hmm. experiment, I'm seeing great results.
0: Yes. So I just wanted to tell everyone, so Claire and I were having this conversation right before we went live, but this was my perception of Claire and this podcast, like I was like, oh my gosh, Claire is so brilliant because she's establishing her thought leadership, not talking about Facebook ads and building her business by not talking about her thing, but talking about this bigger issue and having these interesting conversations. And then it, like, to hear the like, oh no, that didn't work at first is just very eye-opening.
1: <laughs> and that's what the show is all about.
0: Like, you know,
1: what works, what doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing. I, I did say this, that, you know, when people come up to me at events and this is happening more and more, especially this past year, they're always coming up to me to talk about the podcast, mm-hmm. right? They're not mentioning, you know, the Facebook ads, whatever. Facebook ads is not that sexy. Yeah. A lot of people hate them. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, Congress. Ugh, all that. Yeah. Um, still, I think they're a phenomenal way to market your business, obviously. But this is where the connection happens, right? Somebody comes and listens to your podcast, Michelle, week mm-hmm. after week, same thing happens for me. Uh, and I get messages, I feel like from the same 50 people or so over the course of months where mm-hmm. they're just like, I love this show. I love this episode. They're sharing it. Um, it's a slow build. Yeah. Right? But- and, and it's, I'll also say it's also very difficult to track ROI oh, yeah. because of it's mostly time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, it definitely it creates a, a special kind of connection. And when you're doing something that nobody else is doing, which is asking these really nosy questions, it's memorable.
0: Yes, yes. And I did want to ask, like, what was one of the biggest ahas you've had from asking one of your super nosy questions?
1: You know, the biggest aha is that I'm still resistant to asking some of those questions. Oh, why is that? It depends on who I'm talking to. So I just interviewed somebody who I love, I respect a great deal. And I knew that there were some questions that she wasn't comfortable with. Um, Namely, like, how much do you pay yourself? Which is a question I love to ask. And people have been going crazy over this past year because it's one that I added when the show came Mm -hmm. back, but when you're making a shit ton of money, it can be a little dangerous to talk about how much you pay yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she might've had other reasons. I I guess I was sort of making that assumption. So the conversation took us down sort of a different road and I got to ask all the questions I wanted to ask, which is what I said I would be doing right with Mm -hmm. this podcast. And it was funny at the end, um, She sent me a message like, thank you so much. I actually was a little disappointed we didn't talk about more money. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I totally would have loved to talk more. And I think she meant she she would have been open about revenue. We're talking about like a a multi-seven-figure business. But like, I don't know how many multis, you know. Oh, When people talk about, I remember, I totally remember when people talk about a multi-six-figure business, I think I, I hit $200,000 in, in revenue in 2018. And I was like, on the podcast, I said, so I'm officially a multi six-figure business, but we're talking about two, <laughs> two <laughs> six figures, right? I mean, not 700,000, 200,000. So anyway, I don't know how many multis. And I sort of missed my chance because I was being a total wuss.
0: Oh, so you can still be a little bit more bold with your questioning.
1: I can. And I just have to stop worrying so much about whether or not people are going to like me. That's the biggest thing that holds me back in general.
0: Well, I think that's the biggest thing that holds a lot of us back from, you know, asking for the sale. I know this is true for me, asking for the sale, like even on like consult calls, like asking the really nosy questions or the harder questions because it's like, ooh, I don't want to offend them. I want them to like me or, you know, like, oh, they're connected to all these people. What will they think if I ask them Mm -hmm. this? And then you miss your opportunity and it sucks. Yeah, it really does. Well, I'm in love with your podcast and I think it's so amazing that you really get to keep your finger on the heartbeat of what's going on in online business through it because I learn so much by learning what's actually going on in other people's businesses. And I have to say, one of the things I really admire is that you don't just fit, you know, feature like people who have multi seven figure businesses. You feature people who are in the starting out stages that are like the messy stage that nobody wants to talk to you about because it takes longer than you think to build a business. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would love to talk to more of those people. I just, um,
1: I don't know them as well. Yeah. Because, you know, when you sort of create, you, you start an online business and you, you get your, your biz besties, right? Like Val mm-hmm. Geisler is a perfect example. She's yes. my, my biz bestie. And we were both at the same place when we, we co-hosted season two of the podcast back in mm-hmm. 2016. And like now we're both in the messy middle as we call it, right? As we'll yes. call it. But so then it just, I don't know. It just kind of happens that all the people that I interact with on a more personal level Where I, and those are the types of people I'd love to interview, people who I already know somewhat because it just, I don't know, I'm more comfortable asking the questions. They Mm -hmm. know what's coming. Yes. Um, And so, yeah, I do accept pitches for the podcast. uh, And I have all that info, I think, on my site. But I just don't always get pitches from people who are still sort of in the beginning because they think that they're too, they're not making enough money to talk about it. I just want a good story, you guys. So, pitch it to me.
0: I know. Okay, Rebels, you're always telling me like, hey, I want to get my word out. Like, Claire is a good podcast to go on if you want people to know about your business and you want to be radically transparent and let her get up in your business. Go ahead and pitch her. Yes. Details. Details are helpful. Timelines. What what did you do? You know, how many people on your list then? Things like that. Ah, oh, so good. So good. All right. For this final segment of the interview, I am just going to run you through in rapid succession the three-word rebellion questions. This is the first time I'm ever doing this. So this is kind of a new addition to the show. Oh, so we'll okay. see how it goes.
1: Yeah. Big so, experiment. Should my answers also be rapid fire? Because you know, I can I can ramble.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Because I may have follow-up questions, so who knows? That's fair. I'm I'm a talker too, extrovert, you know? (laughs) Okay, Claire, so tell me, what are you rebelling
1: against? Well, I'm going to steal this from what you said to me earlier, which is shiny, happy marketing. (gasps) The kind of marketing where you only paint the beautiful picture uh, and only talk about all the great things that you've done and achieved.
0: Oh, hell yes, where you're not talking about your struggles at all and everything is great and everything six figures or seven figures or a million figures. Yes, I'm there for that. (laughs) Some people talk about their struggles, but like
1: so strategically, it's not even.
0: Yeah, it's like, here is my struggle that is going to relate to you somehow. (laughs) And so I'm doing it more for marketing than really presenting it as this vulnerable thing that I'm going through or trying to figure out.
1: Exactly. Here's my tiny violin. I'm going to play it for you.
0: I know. So you'll relate to me and then buy my course that solves that struggle. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I hate that. Okay. What change do you want to create in the world? Less bullshit. (laughs) What does less bullshit
1: look like? (sighs) A lot more knockoffs of the Get Paid Podcast. Um no I don't I don't really know like you know if if lots if there was less bullshit what would the world look like well I I think there might be less comparisonitis there might be uh, less um what's that word when you are a deer in the headlights please edit this out oh shiny object oh, here we go there would be much less paralysis because oh. of comparison Yes. Itis or struggles or whatever.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, and it's funny. It reminds me. I did a webinar a few weeks ago. And you know how in webinars they always... the the host tells you a story about themselves. And I literally just said, I'm not going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you that I am credible. And here is why I'm credible. And I just listed all of my credentials. And I said, I'm probably the most credible person for messaging in the world. And I'm confident in saying that. Now let's move on. There we go. (laughs) Just no bullshit about it. So if we lived in a bullshit free world, what do you think the world would be like?
1: You know, I try to think about this ahead of time. What would it be like? You know, some people might make less money. That, mm. that could be true. I'm not necessarily saying that my, my like, radical transparency is necessarily the right strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I constantly think when I'm writing emails or going on, you know, Facebook lives or whatever, I'm thinking, what would my former boss think of this? Because I learned so much from Laura Roeder when I worked for her. She's mm-hmm. the co-founder of Edgar, Meet Edgar, that's yeah. it? Yeah. So I, I, it often pops in my head, like, is she, would she think I'm being way too fucking transparent? Probably. But <laughs> eh, whatever doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how to do it any other way. So I do hire copywriters to make sure that, you know, my sales pages definitely sell the thing instead of me being too transparent to get you to buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, yeah, it's just, I'm not sure what it would look like. Maybe people making less money, but just being generally happier. I'm not sure.
0: Or maybe people are making better, like I'm always thinking about making better purchasing decisions because mm. one of the things that really pisses me off is watching people buy stuff, buy courses, buy programs that they have no business buying because of the shiny, happy marketing. Yeah.
1: You know, I I spent a lot of time this year thinking about this, about mm-hmm. like whether or not to really prevent people who are not in a position to buy from buying, mm-hmm. who really can't benefit from something. Because I felt really strongly about that before. I like hated taking people's yeah. money if they were really not – they didn't have a chance to be successful. In fact, that's what I teach the people who, um, who run ads for other people and they kind of mentor under me. I'm like, you shouldn't – if they don't have a chance to make back their money, then it's morally wrong to take it. Yes. But to some degree, I think we also need to stop um, babysitting other people's wallets. Mm,
0: I can see that. It's something I'm still, I'm still working yeah, on. Yeah. I think there's like, you know, I think I'd have a less hard, like, especially when I see courses that are like $3,500, $4,000, and they're like this huge chunk of change, and they don't do a good job of saying this This is, like, right for you. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it's the size of the investment. Like, it's different if you're spending $500 on a course and you realize, like, ah, this isn't quite right for me, right? Or I don't need this right now, maybe in the future. Like, I think that's, like, whatever. That's fine. It's more of a lower risk. But when you know it's all of this money and they're kind of in that startup stage and you're like ooh that was not the best purchasing decision for you um but yeah. they but they don't even know how to make that decision like because nobody teaches you how to make a purchasing decision or how to invest in your business or when to invest what. Um, Yeah, so there's this weird kind of fine line for me. It's like, yeah, if it's like a lower cost thing, I'm like, yeah, whatever, you'll probably use it eventually. I know I've done that bought things and then like three years later, I'm like, oh, I have a course on that (laughs) that I didn't do. Right, yeah.
1: Um, One thing that we've decided in my business about this one program that I have, it's the one where I mentor ad consultants mm-hmm. is we do not have a refund policy so that forces people to really think about it to talk yes. to us and also for us to build into our like metrics the likelihood that maybe about 10% of people who join we will have to pull aside digitally and say hey I don't think this was really a good decision for you we're mm-hmm. going to refund your money and just um, honestly to like keep the the quality kind of feels wrong to say, but like if if you have a total beginner in a program that's really not made for beginners, that's going to impact your group. It's going to impact the time that you spend on calls, things like that. So um, yeah, we're not taking applications, which is what we used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody, somebody pointed out to me that, you know, there are people who aren't applying because they're afraid of getting rejected. And I was like, huh,
0: interesting. Interesting.
1: So for us to let people make the decision on their own, but then also understand that that money that comes in isn't necessarily going to be money that we're going to keep, not all of it. Mm -hmm. And if we see that 30% of people who are coming in are the wrong fit, it's like, okay, then we have to change our messaging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's something off. And so it aligns better so that they see themselves or don't see themselves, or they at least know to send an email and ask a question. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. I have... I could talk to you all freaking day about this stuff, but let people know where they can find you online and how they can listen to the Get Paid podcast. Sure.
1: So if you open up your podcast app, whatever you're listening to this fabulous show with, you can just search Get Paid and, the, and then name Claire. That's probably the easiest way to find the Get Paid podcast. Mm. Then for all things, Facebook and Instagram ads, you can go over to clairepels.com. We did a rebrand in the past year. So the site is all like shiny and new. The site is shiny and happy. I will say that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's fabulous.
0: I love the rebrand. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Um, and it was expensive. I'll have I, to do an episode on that very soon.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm sure it was. Oh my, It always is when you rebrand. But I'm so glad that you were on the show. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And everyone, go and check out the Get Paid podcast. If you want to understand how people are running their business online, you are not going to regret it thank you so much claire i really appreciate this thank you michelle this has been so much fun thank you so much for listening to the rebel rising podcast if you enjoy the show and find it valuable please rate and review us on itunes google play or wherever you get your podcasts when you leave us a review you help more people find the show For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazer.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser.